to Dreams and Bones, the podcast designed to help us all learn more about practicing the art of creative living. My name is Paul Roberts. And I'm his wife, Carol. And we are the creators of Grow Me a Story. Our website dedicated to the idea that everyone is creative. And inch by inch, row by row, we want to help you grow the creative dreams and bones in your life through conversation with other creatives. As your creativity cultivators, Carol and I are enjoying the opportunity to bring in some special guests throughout 2022 to talk with us about the deep joy and meaning that comes from practicing the art of creative living. Today we are bringing you part three of our four-part interview with our friend and fellow creative, Ken Bartle. Ken is a retired Lutheran pastor and as we discovered, has had a lifetime full of creative experiences. We're glad you've joined us for episode three of the Dreams and Bones podcast for the month of March, our interview with Ken Bartle. We start today with our question for Ken about whether he thinks of himself as being creative. One of the reasons we wanted to interview you is because we believe you're an example of someone who practices the art of creative living. So when you hear that, do you agree with us? What does it mean to you when you hear that statement? And and then how do you think you live creatively? I guess, again, I've always just done things. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't I hesitate to say I'm a creative person, even though all the works I do showed me that to be opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I, I'm a little humble mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. A, a creative person, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. just part of my being. Right. And, and I, it's something that I've always done, mm-hmm. you know, I, Looking at the questions initially, I, I went clear back to my childhood thinking, right. wow, I was always doing something. Mm-hmm. Even as a kid, I would pull appliance boxes home and make forts out of them <laughs> right. with windows and I'd paint the inside. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's so I was always doing something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and now that I have more time on my hands, I, I experimenting cooking yes you know that's been a a really fun aspect Mm -hmm. Uh, although I'll say oh I found a great recipe and sure you'll say is it something I'll put in my mouth (laughs) 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 and and we just laugh about that yes but um, it's been you know another creative Mm -hmm. aspect of of my life Mm -hmm. that's been Mm -hmm. fun to do yeah I know and there are there's so many ways I mean and you've just over the few minutes we've been talking, have shared so many different things about ways to be creative through your artwork, your the theater, welding, ceramics, redesigning a house. Um, cross-stitch. Yes, cross-stitch, <laughs> decorating table. I mean, you know, I mean, it can go on and on. But again, I think when you, when you like doing that stuff, that's just part of your life. Uh, yeah. I think that's... Um, think we're the same way we're always just kind of doing something creative but it's not like we think oh i am doing something creative right now it's just that's what we do we you know maybe we're writing something maybe we're thinking up well what color do we want the bathroom next you know (laughs) i mean there's all you know we're trying a new recipe or yeah 
Well, and we always change our house for the seasons. Right, right. You know, Christmas is a total... Yes, transformation. Transformation. <laughs> I mean, we change all the pictures on the wall. Mm -hmm. We, I bring out my 350 nutcrackers. Right. Uh, it it, yes. it gets to be a little crazy. And then mm -hmm. we go into the snowman time mm -hmm. after mm -hmm. Christmas. And then now we're into... The Easter, Easter season, yeah. and so we have bunnies and all yes. that kind of stuff, and then pretty quick we'll go into the bike season. Yes. So we have all kinds of bikes that oh, we put on the wall fun. and do things. And yeah. So our, our kids think we're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fact, I had gotten rid of the snowman because I do the same thing, and, and I haven't quite got to the spring season, but a couple of weeks ago we had someone at our house, and I said, oh, I'm sorry, it kind of looks so bare. You know, I'm kind of between decorations, and he's kind of looking around going, this does not look bare. And I'm like, well, look, there's no spring stuff out yet. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I understand that yes, totally. Yes. <laughs> but but we enjoy yeah. seasonal decorating. Right, and, right. And so that, and again, think, creativity. Exactly. And I think that, in a way, it feeds our souls to have that that change, that that, you know, just actively being creative in many ways. As you do that, it's fun. I think sometimes we can get that that idea of humility in in our creativity is is an interesting thing because I think that the world can kind of say creativity sort of goes with fame that that there's supposed to be this connection that I think that maybe we're we're trained to. To think that way, surely if you're really creative, then everyone's going to know about that, and and I don't think that we should necessarily think that mm -hmm. way about mm -hmm. creativity. It, yeah. it may be just something that that feeds mm -hmm. me, and that that's that that's okay. Recently, I was thinking about Emily Dickinson. I was writing my own poetry and thinking about Emily Dickinson. Oh, way to go, Paul! Now you've made a great comparison. Uh, <laughs> But we know that she didn't publish. Mm -hmm. It was after she passed on that her poetry was brought to light. She mm -hmm. didn't try to become this famous poet. Mm -hmm. And and it was just something that fed her, fed her soul in that sense. And I think that that's... A, that's yeah, and I would have people at, at the church, I would do stuff around, and, and they would say, oh, you are so talented. And, and it, it makes you stop for a minute and you go, I, I'm just doing this. Right. You know? Right. It isn't, uh -huh. it just mm -hmm. flows. It just flows out of me. Yeah. yeah. You know, and back to, you know, kind of that whole, if we're creative, we need to like produce or do things. And I think oftentimes you see people who, they kind of then lose who they truly, what that true creativity is. Because mm -hmm. then they're producing not really for that true self or maybe, even they get away from what God's really wanting them to do. They it's for the masses or it's for the money or it's you know, and then the whole then you kind of lose your true part. Yeah. And so yeah. sometimes it's just nice to kind of just do it because you're doing it and you want to uh, encourage people or you want to just be have a nice place for people, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's good. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that's the way it should be. Just kind of let it flow. Yeah. When we were at seminary. I taught art class at, on the seminary ground hmm. of pottery. Mm -hmm. And so I would spend a lot of extra time making stuff so that we could go to flea markets to help subsidize our, our little <laughs> income yes. that we had. And I found that it 
kind of killed the creativity in me oh, to yes. making mass things. Right. Yes. I, and I, it's something I, I kind of stepped away from pottery for quite a while mm-hmm. because I, it just was burned out. Yeah. I, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because it's almost like you couldn't just kind of yeah. reflect over it. And, oh, what do I want to do here? It's like, oh, I got to get this done. Boom, boom, yeah. you know? <laughs> I need four vases and I need four <laughs> cups and, yes. you know, yeah. a set of dishes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a tough yeah. aspect. I know it is. It's finding that balance of that you still do it and it's fun and it's, you know, you're, we always refer to the, you know, we all have this little kind of creative child within us and we have mm-hmm. to keep nurturing that little child. Yeah. And, Lots of and, chocolate. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and it's like, if you kind of get away and you don't feed that little child, then yeah, you do. That's when you get burnt out. That's when it's yeah. not fun. Then that's it's not the fun ins- You lose the inspiration because you're just, oh, I got to get this done. So that's a nice segue into the next question that with our website and what we're trying to do now when people say what are you guys doing we call ourselves creativity cultivators Uh, our website grow me a story exists to help people grow their creative gifts can can you talk about are there people in your life that filled that role for you who helped shape you and have you been in that role for other people that you help them cultivate their creative gifts I guess early on, I would have to say my mom was my huge encourager and and rallying person because she always encouraged whatever I did. Mm -hmm. Oh, isn't that great? And I look back and go, oh, (laughs) you know, maybe it wasn't so great, but, you know, it it was encouraged along the way. And, um, And maybe Sister Anne Ellen at Providence University. Mm. She was one of the biggest encouragers mm. for me to flip my major into art, and because mm. um, she just kind of had that kind of personality mm-hmm. and, and cultivated that along the way. Yeah. My aunt. My aunt was another one who just always, oh, isn't that nice? This mm. <laughs> is <laughs> such, such a good thing, <laughs> you know. Um, and then. Again, my cousins, my two cousins, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of fun to see their creativity over the years. My uh, one cousin is eighty-five, and and he's still creating, oh. and so that that to me is exciting yes, to see. Uh, yes. So along the way, it's mm-hmm. uh, there's been people mm-hmm. just yeah. that touch your life mm-hmm. in and out. Right. And who who have you helped? Uh, Oh. Turn into a creative. You know what? I just had an email from uh, a good friend. Um, when we were, just before we went to seminary, we took care of a family of four with our, and our two mm-hmm. while their mother went and finished her graduate. Mm-hmm. And so we, we were spending a lot of time at their house and... Um, for her birthday, I made a, a Raggedy Ann cake. <laughs> it's funny because now you ought to see the cake she makes. It, it, I don't know if you've ever seen that cake show where, is it real? Mm-hmm. Is it a shoe or is it a piece of cake? Oh. She has done that. And wow. she 
said, well, you started it, Ken. You made me that cake. And and not knowing that I touched that creative aspect in her life, but... So and I'll show you some pictures when we're done. But oh. it's it just oh, that's so sweet. you don't realize what yeah. lives you touch right. possibly along the mm-hmm. way until that happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh. So I, I'd like to think that I touched a few more yeah. <laughs> in my yeah. seventy-three years. That's but, right. Yeah. That's but, right. Yeah. yeah, I suppose as a pastor, uh, I, I think that's probably a familiar thing as a pastor. You've sown seeds as a pastor that then you don't know how you've impacted people yeah. in their lives. And, yeah. and and that creativity probably has come out the same way. You know, I find it interesting, though, staying with this thought. Everyone, you're our fourth interview. And when we get to this question, it's pretty common that people say, it was mom. It was, yeah. It was mom. Mm-hmm. Now, my my thought is... And I don't have an answer for it. We can ponder it. <laughs> is that is that because of our culture? Uh, is that a cultural thing that it's mom that does that kind of thing with children, or or is that the way things are that I, that the mom's going to do that? That the women are going to do that? Is that a I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you? I, I think though, growing up, at least in my aspect, my mom was at home. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't until I was in junior high that she went to work. Mm-hmm. So she was always there when we right. got home, yeah. and my dad always worked and mm-hmm. brought home the paycheck. And, right. And so. So that's, to me, that's a cultural. It's a very cultural. Mm-hmm. But he. he you know, and I say mom helped, but my dad was encouraging. Yeah. I mean, I could just imagine my dad going, painting the closet door. No, <laughs> you know, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to have to paint it, the whole room, That's you know. Right. <laughs> but he didn't. Yeah. That's three weeks down and one more to go in our four-part interview with Ken Bartle. Carol, any thoughts on what Ken shared with us this week? Well, I love how Ken, along with everyone else we've interviewed for our podcast, talks about the encouragers in their life, and a lot of times they are people in their family. He talked about his mom. He also talked about Sister Anne Ellen, and I think that's really important in our lives to have those encouragers that help us and push us ahead to pursue our creative projects. Yeah, it, it is so interesting to hear everyone talk about the females that are in their lives in particular, especially mom. And I love the fact that uh, Sister Ann Ellen even changed the direction of his education, sent him into the direction of an art degree. Well, as we bring this episode to a close, we'd like to thank our Sacred Community Garden members and this month's podcast subscribers for helping support the Dreams and Bones podcast. If you have found us and you're not a member but you want to know more about Dreams and Bones, go to www.gromiastory.com where you can find out more about practicing the art of creative living with your hosts, Paul and Carol Willem-Roberts. Join us next Friday for the final episode of our interview with our friend and fellow creative, Ken Bartle.
on your Dreams and Bones podcast.